We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. All right. Well, Scott, I don't know if I can do anything about that other Facebook group, but uh, nope, they might be long gone. But welcome in, everybody. Welcome in. It is Monday morning, the 14th of August. We're pretty much halfway through there. That's crazy. And it's time for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, Scott Kennedy. Scott, how did you enjoy staying up until, you know, 3 a.m. to watch some third and fourth stringers play uh, against the Cardinals and for a last second loss? Well, knowing that I didn't have to be on until Monday morning, I didn't stay up until three in the morning to watch the Denver Broncos. I did. I, I, I'm up a little bit later now that my kids are older. Uh, Mm -hmm. I, I did, I did watch the first half, um, live. And then I've watched the, the second half over the weekend. And I watched the first half again this morning. So, um, there are some takeaways, you know, I know there's a lot of hand wringing out there and there's some alarm bells for sure, but there's some good takeaways as well. We'll get into all that today. Yeah. But first I want to say hello to everybody coming in the chat. We got Kevin Grace and morning, Nick and Scott, big mile high salute to Broncos country. Good to see. You. He says we need help on the offensive and defensive line depths. All winters need to get a hold of themselves. All the winter winters. I don't know what that means. All the winters need to get a hold of themselves. And maybe it's a spelling mistake. Winers. You know, you the whiners. Yeah, the whiners. Well, all the whiners need to get a grip. There's too that's many. That's true in life. Too much drama out there. That's a yeah. that's a that's a mission statement. All the whiners need to get a grip. <laughs> well, just wine louder, maybe. Now, Jeremy Sean, morning boys, good. Uh, the good from him said Russ Benito in the center is bad. Rest of the offensive line, kickers, and injuries. Yeah, injuries were unfortunate. We had a concussion to DJ Jones, an eye poke to Josie Jewell, and there was one more injury that's escaping me right now. I'm sure somebody in the chat can. Uh, uh, get that one out there, but I don't think any of the injuries were super significant. Uh, but uh, we'll follow them and see if anything comes up of it uh, comes from it. We got massive attack fans saying, "What's the free agent market on offensive line right now? Any recent cap cuts? I haven't seen any notable cuts. So we probably are still, you know, a ways away from that. Going from ninety to fifty-three, there will be some soon. But Broncos should be, unfortunately, probably looking for uh, some offensive line help, uh, as massive attack fan says here. Chase Wellner in the house saying, how do y'all hope you're doing well? Hope things are great for you. We got Zach Power saying, best gas station for coffee, pilot, and loves. Uh, I got to give a shout out to uh, Casey's out there, uh, which is a Midwest one. They also have breakfast pizza that you can get that's uh, greasy and terrible for you, and you'll regret it, but uh, it's uh, it's great. So uh, shout out to Casey's as I well. But I haven't had it yet, but knowing everything else I know about Bucky's, I would imagine they've got good coffee too. Everything there is first freaking class. <laughs> 
Is that like the, it's like the it's like the mall for a teenager back in the eighties? Oh, what are y'all doing tonight? Oh, we're gonna go over to Bucky's and do what? No, that's it. We're, we're just gonna go to Bucky's. Vibe. <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh, I have not been to Bucky's. I see all the uh, the sport them. What is that in the South? Is that a region? Is that an East Coast? I think thing? it's. I think it. I'm not sure where they started. There's a couple in. There's a couple in Georgia. I I think it may have been Texas. Um, okay. that's where they've started. But yeah, it's. It's Walmart meets Sam's Club meets, but it's all Chick-fil-A. Think of all that with like Chick-fil-A style of service and customer service and cleanliness and all that type of stuff. While you get your gas, you can go in and it's, it's a spectacle. That's for sure. I almost feel like it's going to be like Yogi Berra though. Like, you know, oh man, it's, that place is too crowded. Nobody goes there anymore. Oh, well, I've, I've seen the, uh, the logo, but that's about it. So um, endorsement there, free advertising. We love that on a Monday morning. Donald Willison in here saying good morning, Scott, Nick, and Broncos country. U.S. Dave in the house. Buenos Diaz. Michaela Israel says good morning, Broncos country. I got our guy, Michael Ronquillo, always coming in with support. Hope you had a good weekend. He says good morning, Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos in Buckham. Seth's in the house saying morning, Nick and Scott, Broncos country. Buckham, good to see you. Uh, we also got our guy Dom. Good morning, Nick and Scott. Broncos country. Broncos offensive line really needs to improve for all that money put in. Yeah, we're going to get into it. And here's uh, Michael with his super chat. Thank you so much, Michael. We appreciate you coming in. And Ryan coming in saying, Wilson looked good. Defense looked good. Offensive line is sketchy so far, but Peyton will fix that. It's the first reaction, uh, first real action game they had. People need to chill out. You know, it's it's a small sample size and people wait a very long time um, for the real football and once you get it you know it's all uh built up and everything people are going to be overreactionary i mean we don't have much to react on so any sort of reaction other than just purely observational is going to be overreactionary but i would put the offensive line i wrote an article on it that the offensive line is now on watch i'm not panicking yet but the level of concern went uh up a grade in the defcon scale just because they looked that poor against a arizona team that was let's just call it out scott devoid of difference makers along the defensive line and they were winning a lot of matchups there's something i always like don't try and predict the preseason games it's almost like trying to predict a bowl game you you mm-hmm. kind of ask yourself the question who does this matter more to and in a sense this this game still was kind of in the balance for that you've got a new coat the broncos still had a lot to prove out there when i'm looking at the offensive line i'm gonna try and sugarcoat this a little bit were they good? Especially, you know, the first team. No, they weren't. All right. Were they, did they have their, all of their guys out there? Well, they were missing a right tackle that they spent a huge contract on. Bowles is coming off an injury and hasn't played in a long, long time. Okay. There's your two tackles. Miners was fine. If I'm going to take away the biggest positive takeaway I could take from this game is Lloyd Cushenberry was adequate at worst. Good. He was good. We've talked about, Going from a liability to just being bad would be an improvement. He was good. He, there was no problem out there. I spent a good bit of my time watching the interior line because I think that's where your biggest questions are. And I think that's where the biggest hole is. And it wasn't just Cushenberry. The, the interior line played well. You've heard me dog on them all the time about their inability to come off blocks and absorb pressure coming from stunts. I saw second team guys. I saw Lloyd Cushenberry. I saw all those guys do combination blocks. Cushenberry would snap. He'd push on a tackle. He'd come off and pick up a a stunt coming from the other way. That didn't happen last year. I'm watching the point of attack. 
they're not getting driven back three yards right off the snap of the ball. Now, part of that could be personnel, Nick, but it was happening constantly. So your biggest concern for me right now is the, he might not be the highest paid one out there anymore, but is, is Garrett Bowles at left tackle was my biggest concern on the O-line coming out of this game. Can that be, will that improve? It should. Can you absolutely write that in Sharpie that it will? That's a concern. Yeah, Garrett Bowles looked really poor uh, overall, and he's coming off of a broken leg, which, you know, he missed time, but it's not like he's coming off of an ACL or meniscus or something. Um, broken legs happen. Um, <clears throat> not a Liz Frank injury like that Rob Ryan Clady of the rest of his career. So he looked really poor uh, in this game overall. I also... I'll disagree a little bit, Scott. I thought that the there so the Arizona Cardinals blitzed Russell Wilson five times, and Russell Wilson was only two for five on those blitz attempts. Now, one of them was the cover zero Jerry Judy touchdown, mm-hmm. which I mean, Judy sent that safety into orbit uh, on the move uh, that yeah. he did. If you don't jam him, if you're in that coverage and he gets off the line, you are dead. Yeah, meat. dead. Pretty bad call. You've Pretty bad call in my him. opinion. Yeah, you can't let him get a free release on that. Uh, but overall, the blitzes really did seem to affect the offensive line. I don't know how much of that is car- the Broncos not really being up to speed on what to do in those situations. But we, I mean, we saw a lot of seven man pressures uh, from the Cardinals. I think I counted at least two. There might have been three on there. And the offense struggled with those overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Russell Wilson in over half of his dropbacks, I think it was like 63, was under pressure in that. And he was great um, when there was no pressure. Uh, I have these stats here logged, kept clean. He went uh, only five attempts where he was kept clean, but he went five for five for 10.6 yards per attempt. I mean, that's great, but under pressure uh, two for eight for 40 yards. So uh, his rating is salvaged a lot by that touchdown uh, under pressure, but that's the big takeaway. It's not just um, the offensive line struggled, but Russ struggled when under pressure, most quarterbacks will, but it was pretty emphatic, uh, emphatic, the difference there. So we'll see how much that changes. Maybe they're going to do a lot more. If the offensive line looks this bad, maybe they're going to try to do a lot more quick hitters to isolate Jerry Judy, because that's your hot rate. If they're sending pressure, mm-hmm. that means Judy's probably got the ability to get open quickly. And so you're going to need to be looking for that. But I didn't really love the, a lot of the decisions in the hot reads on those uh, pressure snaps as well. Overall, not to criticize Russ too much. He played pretty darn well overall, I think mm-hmm. uh, considering the limited sample size, but uh, definitely the, Pass protection and ability to handle pressure struggled. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, overall, and that's probably my biggest concern coming out of this game. Yeah, the, the question like, is Russ wa- washed? No. That usually goes with physical tools when you start talking about that, right? Or, you know, if he's been concussed so many times, he doesn't know what the hell he's doing out there. That clearly wasn't the case. He's He was throwing the ball well. I, I had no problem. I didn't see any problem with the, the the passing game looked good. Like you said, when he had time, I didn't realize he was five for five. But when he had time to drop, set, and throw, it was coming out hard. You know, the, the, the arm's still there. He's still got the fastball. Um, there were a couple of drop passes. And again, how many guys are sending, how many teams are sending seven in a preseason? <laughs> yeah, uh, okay. But that's trial by fire and you should get better. And again, the unit of the offensive line, you, you and I talked about this a lot about like, if you were to get a center in September, the plug and play and them coming together cohesively. Well, this was, and it's still not even the first five that are out there. So I, I expect the offensive line to play better. The one-on-one situations could be a little bit, a little bit concerning. Again, it's too small a sample size to say, okay, Lloyd Cushenberry is fixed. Let's see. He played well. I had no problems with Lloyd Cushenberry. Garrett Bowles, I'm not going to then on the same case say, okay, Garrett Bowles is done. He's not coming back from that leg injury. It's, it's too soon to tell. Garrett Bowles is better than he played. And that was as good as Lloyd Cushenberry. I've seen him play. So if I'm a biased Broncos fan, I'm going to say, okay, Lloyd, Lloyd Cushenberry has been fixed and Garrett Bowles will be fine. As an analyst who's a little bit more cynical, let's see how Garrett Bowles progresses coming back from that injury. And let's see as it starts facing higher levels of competition if Lloyd Cushenberry can then hold that level that he has begun the preseason with, which was a very positive beginning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Happy with Lloyd Cushenberry. I thought, you know, even like Luke Wattenberg looked okay out there other than the, uh, the field goal where he got, you know, almost whack a mold and uh, the, <laughs> it was bad. He was on his butt almost instantly. And that's him losing that rep was the reason that field goal uh, got blocked or was tipped. Um, so that is a concern. I mean, he's still a pretty small uh, overall offensive lineman for size, but I thought he looked okay out there. Um, Garrett Bowles looked poor. I guess we can kind of go down um, some rumors from this offseason that the Broncos did approach him with the restructure, and then he was on the market very quietly. Uh, I don't think the Broncos got anything back. We heard all about Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, but I do think there was a moment there where they're like, hey, what would we get for Garrett Bowles? So obviously there is some question marks about how much they are uh, in love with him. And long-term speaking, I mean, if he looks this bad, even if he doesn't turn around, um, if he's not playing at a great level, they can save a boatload of money moving on from him next year. 16 million uh, in cap savings with only 4 million dead cap. So I think uh, your left tackle spot is something that uh, you are thinking long-term. Luckily the Broncos, if Bulls does struggle, uh, it would just be a one-year problem where they could move on from him from that and at least have the ability to go on. I mean, 16 million could get you a, a pretty good tackle out there next season, just using that money on somebody else. Uh, 
So Bowles was the most uh, immediate long-term or immediate concern for me coming out of this game because he just did not look great. Hoping the next one will be better. Long-term concern, Scott, I was not super-duper impressed with Ben Powers in pass protection. I thought that guys were getting him around him. Uh, There's a couple batted balls where I think it was LJ Collier uh, just used length and speed around him. And Ben Powers looked like a you know former day three pick who has some limited foot speed uh, out there. There was always a little, I mean, we were excited about him coming over, but there was always questions, you know, not a huge athletic profile coming from a really wonky style offense with Lamar Jackson under center. And uh, gosh, who was the offensive coordinator there for a while? Greg Roman also kind of plays a weird style. So how translatable was that? I was not super impressed uh, with uh, Ben Powers in his first rep, considering the amount of resources and the finances the Broncos put in that left guard spot. Yeah, I, I can't say I watched a ton of the Ravens and focused on Ben Powers. I mean, you're thinking if they're spending this much money, there must be a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, well, it must be an immediate upgrade. You know, all I really had to go off was PFF numbers, which were like, okay, is it? Was it, you know, was it a great? So we're going to have to, we're going to have to tell, wait and see. McGlinchey, though, is a definite upgrade in the in the running game. I think mm-hmm. we feel pretty good about that. I've watched a lot more 49ers than I did Baltimore Ravens. Old NFC guy here, I'll have to admit. Uh, if they're not playing the Broncos, I probably don't watch them. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's there's concerns there. It, it should take... People don't want to hear give it some time, but I, I still think Ben Powers is an upgrade over Dalton Reisner. I don't think that's mm-hmm. a huge going out on a limb there. McGlinchey is better than what you're able to put out at right tackle last year. And frankly, Cam Fleming played okay last year and he played well over the weekend, played uh, on Friday night. And going back to your point, Albert, good to see you. Appreciate you. Um, going back to your point, there is no way, and I said this two years ago over a guy that you paid a lot of money for that ended up doing a whole lot in Graham Glasgow. There is no way Garrett Bowles plays on that contract next year. No way. No freaking way. If they approach him for a restructure and he says, no, he's gone. They'll cut him. They could get him an extension and see if you can knock that number down. But when you are having Garrett Bowles playing the way he is, and you're talking about, like you said, $20 million with a four or is it 18 and two? It's It's uh, 16 saved four dead. Yeah, it's a cap hit next year. It's 20 against four dead. So yeah, it's, it's 20 and four. $4 $4 million dead cap hit against a 20 million cap hit. You save 16. No way, man. No yeah. way. Even if he plays at a pro bowl level, they'll go out, they'll come at him with an extension. If he's yeah. a pro bowler this year, they will give him an extension and lower that cap number for next year. Either yeah. way, you're going to get more money back next year from Garrett Bowles one way or another. Yep. Uh, but yeah, very concerning. Um, in my opinion, you know, are we making a mountain out of a molehill? We'll find out, but the offensive line is very much, uh, under the spotlight now going forward. And it's something we both harped on this season. Uh, if we're going to get the best out of Russell Wilson and this style of offense, I loved the uh, play designs and the play action. I think we had five play action attempts um, from Russell Wilson in this game. And I think he went four for five uh, on that. No, he, uh, three for five, but 9.2 yards per attempt, very efficient, working the ball down the field. Um, the play action, I thought designs look good, but in order for teams to, Defenses to really, you know, unfold against play action. You got to buy into the run game. So if the offensive line looks that bad, we'll see. But caveat on that, the Broncos almost passed the ball, a ratio of two to one Mm -hmm. in this game. And I don't know if that's super 
translatable to the regular season. I'm expecting this to be a much more balanced team. I'm thinking that that two to one rate was much more about getting those reps in for Wilson and working on some play designs versus what it's actually going to be on Sunday. Because if the offensive line looks this poor in pass protection, you simply can't drop back that much because Wilson cannot get hit that much. And I saw a stat. Wilson was the single most pressured quarterback in the entire uh, pre NFL landscape. Uh, in this first preseason week out of any single quarterback that took snaps from a ratio, uh, a rate perspective. So um, concerning, uh, concerning, no doubt. Again, are we overreacting? We're going to find out, but uh, that's all we have to react on right now. Mile high. Uh, Jaheim, I'm sorry if I'm going to butcher your name. Um, or is it just mile high? Maybe that's just, that's, that's a different, a foreign word for high. But 5280 Jaheim, I know, Scott, how white can you be? Uh, if the offensive defensive line keeps struggling, would a push for Kinlaw or the Bengals tackles be considered? Um, I think you're considering everything. You're always, as a general manager, my job is to replace you. That's, that's my job. I'm always trying to upgrade this team constantly. That's why I'm working 18 hours a day. That said, yes, you, where are you really scouring for players? Big men, big men. There are, Done the math on this. There's 90 man rosters right now across, we'll just say 30 teams. Make the math nice and easy. 2,700 players. You got to go from 90 to 53. That's 37, 27, 37 players per team. 37 players per team. We'll just call it 40 times 30. There's 1,200 players that are about to be available. 1,200. That's probably four or 500 offensive and defensive linemen, three or 400 offensive defensive linemen. There's going to be guys out there, and you're going to look and see if you can get better yeah. regardless. And, and and for me, I'm still going to say it. There will be at least two 300-plus pound signings on the defensive line before week one. Yeah, and I think after this week, a uh, little bit of red flags for the offensive line as well. I could see them bring another tackle. I thought for a fourth-string offensive tackle, uh, Isaiah Prince was – fine. Uh, he was out there for the first team and the second string, uh, but he was not, you know, not great. There's a reason that he was kind of the butt of the jokes coming out of that uh, Bengals Super Bowl because he was just getting whipped uh, in that Super Bowl and that uh, run up to them. And I thought I've been a big Cam Fleming proponent, Scott. I thought Cam Fleming struggled uh, a good bit in this game in pass protection. Again, it was much more of a drop back work on that, but I thought that he he was on the ground far too often for an offensive lineman in this game. Uh, so it was a struggle there. I think the Broncos might uh, be on the market for an offensive tackle. I'm not sure if that's who uh, 528 here is talking about. Thank you so much for the 499 Super. If he's talking about the Bengals' offensive tackles, but I know that Jonah Williams wasn't over the moon about uh, potentially kicking to right tackle or guard when the when the Bengals brought in Orlando Brown Jr. Uh, they paid big money last year for Lael Collins, so I'm curious if uh, Jonah Williams would be available. At least, you know, he's not been great out there, but he's I think he's been better than Bulls the last, well, from what we've seen last season and so far this year. So uh, definitely they're, they're going to be making calls. I think that the Broncos are going to be looking at tackles. Miguel coming in with a, but the uh, stars on Facebook. Thank you. He says, this is a Jawan James 2.0. Just kidding. No, I don't think so. I think you'll get a lot more from Ben powers and Mike McGlinchey than you got mm -hmm. from Jawan James. You, you better, um, you better appreciate you with the, the stars and the support. Um, switching gears a little bit before I forget uh, I took in my notes. There's a guy out there that got significant playing time. I, I'll be a little surprised if he's even there this weekend. If he makes it to the weekend, he had such a nightmare, and that was Tremont Smith. 
corner yeah. number 23 was yep. he just I, my notes say Traymond Smith dash nightmare just just had a nightmare of a game you feel for him I mean it was it, it was bad 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 and then the final play of the game right there you know looks inside while guys coming right across his face to the outside in a line coverage against the goal line he just had an awful 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 game and if he's on the bubble he might not make it to this weekend nick yeah he really did struggle uh bad game special teams wise defense uh they're paying him a solid money and you got a lot of younger cornerbacks who uh thought had pretty good games i mean saying Basti gets beat on a slant but then comes in and has a pretty good uh interception there good reading i mean Bassey is kind of who he is. He's a smart player. He's a good tackler. He's around the ball, but his ability to close on the football just doesn't exist. But for your depth there in the secondary, some special teams, he's fine. Jaquan McMillan, I thought it had a good game. Damari Mathis was more than fine. Uh, Theon Hicks, I thought was okay out there as well. So I think it was, uh, I think that he's, uh, Tremont Smith is, should be in some trouble. The preseason shouldn't weigh more than the entirety of training camp so far. So we can't speak to that, but really bad preseason game. I wouldn't be shocked at all. If we see his name come across the, uh, the ticker here at some point, this yeah, week. my thoughts are if he's out there in the second half, he's battling for a roster spot anyway, mm-hmm. typically yeah. <laughs> there's some exceptions out there. And if you're, Oh man, he, he, I, I'm not, I don't want to pile on, but there were several game changing plays in the negative. There were at least three that I counted that he was on the wrong side of, including the yeah. last one. And, yeah. um, Again, you almost feel bad for him. I don't remember who the safety was inside, but just kind of looked at him and like put his hands up. Didn't get all over him. Just like it was almost like I'm not going to pile on, dude. You're you're gone. I I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was rough. It was rough. Um, so I see the the comments on here. Um, the uh, Benito had the hip injury, so hopefully he's doing okay. Um, definitely. What you think of uh, what you saw from from Nick Benito? I thought Benito played great, and that was about as good as I'd seen from him. The the hustle play and the awareness play where he backtracked and made that tackle to stop the runner from getting the first down on that third, uh, a third down play was amazing. Something that, you know, still question marks about, you know, edge setting and just, you mm-hmm. know, teams are directing at him, but he looked significantly more filled out in that Jersey. In my opinion, he looked stronger. I thought that his, uh, when he made contact with guys, he didn't just immediately crumple. Um, not just purely relying on trying to get around them. Saw a little bit more speed to power, which is something that Vance Joseph just has touched on as well uh, with Nick Benito. And I thought he looked like a guy who really could end up being, you know, a, a second rusher on the team. You no, know, I don't think he's ever going to be a, the best, you know, your best edge by any means, but if he was like opposite, you know, an alpha, I think you could mm-hmm. get away with that. And he'd be a really good, number three, which is what he's setting up to be this season right now. So I was impressed with Benito. I want to see what he looks like on a little bit better playing surface. Cause I thought a few times he kind of got around the edge and uh, then his feet gave out on him a tad. And I'm not sure if that's a playing surface issue there in Arizona or anything like that. Uh, but overall I was super impressed with him and uh, Jonathan Cooper, both. I thought they had excellent games. Always want to see what it looks like against other competition, especially with how bad the Broncos tackles looked. So but I want to see what it looks like again next week against the 49ers. Hopefully Benito is okay. But I was really, really, really impressed with Benito and uh, Jonathan Cooper both. Benito, uh, for me, his, his go-to is going to be beat you with speed. Yeah, That's going to be his go-to. Can I get on – he's coming off the defensive left side. He was going against a right tackle a lot. Can I get on the right shoulder of the of the tackle? And he was showing a good bend. I'm like – like if you're listening later, I'm actually, you know, imitating this except I'm old and stiff. 
Uh, but he's showing good bend to get under that. That was his go-to move several times. That kind of got negated as time wore on. So you, you want to see just a little bit of a variety in there. Can he do more than one thing? But again, you see the tools. Why are you getting, you know, what kind of, what are you going for with an edge when you're drafting them in the 60s? Tools, the, the speed, the backside pursuit. I think that's probably what you were you're referring to earlier was a play I saw. You know, he's coming off. I think this time he was coming off the right side. I remember him coming all the way across, backside produce, backside pursuit, and taking a guy down that was waiting for blocks to develop ahead of him. That's the, the stuff you can't coach. You're just you're either you've either got the tools or you don't. So again, very promising that you can get some production from Nick Benito. I was, I was pleased with what I saw from him as well, Nick. Yeah. I mean, he looked great. Uh, he definitely deserves a, a game ball and I'm hoping that he is healthy because uh, Broncos are going to need some pass rush uh, this year. And he overall had a pretty darn good game and Jonathan Cooper, both of them did. I thought that, uh, I mean, heck even uh, Randy Gregory, um, that first, you know, first drive out there for that defense, Randy Gregory uh, really standing out. So hoping they are all healthy, but the edge spot is a question mark. It's still a question mark long-term, uh, but I thought they looked pretty good. Leroy Williams says, good guy, uh, good guys. Mile high salute. Good morning. I uh, thought powers in the belly are supposed to be the beast of guards. The way they blocked my pop-up, my pop-pop can do better than that. Bad football. <laughs> uh, I think they looked pretty good in run blocking situations. There was a few pass blocking plays where they just didn't look great. Uh, the Cardinals were setting pressure the five times in the, what was it? 14 dropbacks that Russell Wilson had. So that's a pretty good rate of blitzes for a preseason week one game. Uh, pretty surprising on that, but we'll see. It's definitely something. I mean, every, we could see it no doubt in my mind, you know, the offensive coaches are reaming uh, those guys after that Cardinals game as well, because the offensive line did not look so great in uh, pass protection. So we'll see what it looks like against a much more talented uh, defensive front and well coached as well. Steve Wilkes is now the defensive coordinator there in the 49ers game next week. What feed did you have when you were watching this game? Oh, God, it was the Cardinals, and it was just, it was horrible. There was something about the guy, like, he's got something coming out of the side of his neck. He went on for, like, 10 minutes about that. Oh, I don't know yeah, who that like, was. You know, usually that's how you call a guy a turd. Like, yeah. you know, if he's got a lot of crap in his neck. That's usually a bad thing. But I, all I could picture was David Putty. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I don't know if you were a Seinfeld guy, but just look up David Putty. And he sounded just like him from yeah. Seinfeld. I'm like... Ron Wolfley was this guy. I, uh, oh, it was tough to listen to. It, it was not really, great. It really was not was. good. No offense to him. But, you know, when you start watching, I, I realized this when I got the first time I got like MLB radio and I'm listening to the local broadcast when I'd be driving and stuff. And some of these local guys are just painful to listen to. This one was tough. This one was a little tough. And they need to know. They need to know, guys, you're doing a national broadcast. You know, try and appeal to a wider audience. You're you're on a national broadcast. Try not to make this everything about the Arizona Cardinals when you're on NFL Network. I know it's hard. You might not be good. It's sometimes, all right, that's enough of that. I, I had trouble with it, dude. I really did. Yeah. I mean, I definitely muted them. At some point and just had it on in the background. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was it was a little rough um, for that. But uh, hopefully you guys aren't thinking this is too rough. We got Clayton here on morning, guys. Smash that like button. Hope you're doing well. Norman Hall says, yo, yo, good morning. Good to see you. I got some Bucky's talking in here as well. It's great. Keith coming in here said good morning to everybody. Hope you're doing well. Uh, 
Dana comes in and says, we need to stop blaming Russ. I don't think it's him. The defense looked pretty horrible and I'm very concerned. I thought the Broncos defense looked okay. Uh, overall. I mean, it granted the, how many just open plays was Clayton tune just flat out missing and Colt McCoy not looking very good, but I thought the defense, I mean, considering you didn't have Justin Simmons out there, you didn't have uh, Patrick Sertan out there overall looked okay. I am concerned about the defensive line depth. Uh, Jonathan Harris didn't, you know, Buffalo bills him like the game last season. So I thought it was okay. Uh, I was a little bit concerned about the drop off from the first string linebackers, to the second string linebackers. I don't know if we can get into the, some of the rookies as well, but uh, there was a few plays where Drew Sanders was just pulverized and uh, driven way back. And he looked like he was a little bit swimming out there with some of his reads. Uh, so that there look, there appeared to me to be a pretty big drop off um, from Josie Jewell and Alex Singleton to the linebackers that came in after that. Uh, but I thought the defense had a pretty darn good game granted against a very poor uh, talent-wise Cardinals team. I thought Shanad was okay at linebacker. I thought he had a decent game. And Dana, um, yeah, I, I don't. I didn't see anything that made me think, oh, yeah, Russell Wilson's the problem. <laughs> I didn't see any that, – that never that thought never crossed my mind. My, my thought about Russell Wilson was like, okay, yeah, he can still sling it. Give him some time. He's still dangerous. What else is going wrong? Because last year, Nick and I talked all the time. I'm like – I don't know. I cannot get an evaluation on Russell Wilson because the offensive line play is so bad. I I, I just can't. There's a comment in here. There, I don't remember what it was. I apologize, but it was a, a good comment saying there's a lot of bad habits that need to be unlearned. And I I never felt that more, Nick, than when I was watching the Broncos amongst their 37 pass attempts trying to set up screens. This was one of the – I don't watch enough of the NFL to say that it was one of the worst. Of teams that I've watched in the past, it was one of the worst screen teams I'd ever seen mm-hmm. last year. Between the the immediate pressure, the lack of mobility on the offensive lines, this team still doesn't know how to run an effective screen. That's what I saw. You're going yeah. to have to in this offense. They will keep pounding on that, keep pounding on that, keep pounding on that until you get some efficiency out of your screen game. I wonder, so this is just coming back to Russell Wilson, not to pile on him, but he didn't play a perfect game by any means. No. Uh, the There was pressure in his face a few times where not totally his fault, but he needs to figure out how to create windows uh, for him to deliver the football. You know, that's what do you have two or three batted balls uh, in this. So that's, you know, that's always been a concern with him with his height. Uh, but that I think can be amplified in the screen game because if guys close space, you have a little bit less of a view and you can't see over those guys really. So that's a concern with him. I also thought a few times he could have done a better job of making quicker reads where to go with the football under pressure and setting himself up to get rid of the football. There was a few plays here and there where his placement uh, was a little bit off in the uh, quick intermediate areas that uh, limited the yak opportunity for his receivers as well. But overall, I mean, this wasn't uh, Russell Wilson looking like an MVP type of game, but he did enough, uh, mostly protected the football. That fumble, which was Garrett Bowles getting beat, but Russell Wilson still fumbled it and fell on it, luckily. Uh, but other than that, he played a very clean game and, and was fine. It looked like a game where if you can have a top 10 offense, you can have a good offense overall. Uh, a top 10 run game, you can have a good offense overall. But it was a complementary style to a run game, which we didn't really see so much in this game uh, with Mike McGlinchey out, with Javante Williams out, et cetera, et cetera. But it's <laughs> a lot's going to come down the offensive line and the ability of that run game uh, for this, this team to function. Miguel, appreciate the stars. He says, what are you guys looking at in the game minus the offensive and defensive lines? I just want to see consistency. Um, 
Well, you seem consistently bad play. Um, no, I'm, I'm teasing Miguel. Um, I felt like I'm not sure the, the correct metaphor I, I want to use on this, but I feel like the perimeters of the Denver Broncos are really good. The edge play I thought was okay. Uh, the wide receiver play I thought was – there was a drop here or there, but I, I like the fact that they went right back to Jerry Judy after the drop. And that, that gets your confidence up. You hear that all the time. You know, a guy fumbles, let's give it back to him, except Melvin Gordon. Give it back to him and get his confidence. Or he drops, let's go right back to him. Get his head back in the game. Get that behind him. I like that. I thought that was that was good for Jerry, and they made a nice play. And by God, you better jam him at the line if you're not going to have a safety help. Yeah. Um, I, I just felt like the perimeters of this team are set. They're, they're good. Now, we just mentioned the problems, you know, with – with some in the secondary, the, any of the problems I had were guys that aren't going to be on this team. They're not going to make the 53, yeah. you know, was it Traymon, Traymon Smith? I've already like wiped his name from my head. You have Traymon Smith, who I kept seeing, you know, penalty on 23, you know, 23 was, uh, it was a, it was a rough day for 23. Yeah. That's not going to be him. Uh, that over there in that corner could be Pat Sertan. It's going to be a big difference. You look at the receivers. I thought they played well. So, what did I see in this game? I saw the 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 perimeters are are set. You're you're okay there. Now yeah. it's a big miss if the trenches. If you're if you're having trouble in the middle, obviously that's a big miss. But you're set up now. When you get the opportunities, you can take advantage of them. Last year I didn't mm-hmm. believe that, Nick. You know, hey, the line did its job and blocked, and then they missed a receiver or or whatnot. You know, I, I believe now. If the line does its job, Russell Wilson and these wide receivers are going to make you pay. Yeah, I hope so. I uh, don't know. I mean, we didn't have Brandon Johnson out there. Brandon Johnson, we didn't have, uh, oh gosh, uh, second round pick this season who they just had, uh, they just took. Uh, he didn't play Marvin in this Mims. game. Marvin Mims did not play as well. So I thought Jalen Virgil uh, took care of some uh, situations there. I thought Bandy, we haven't talked about him at all, but I thought he had an okay game uh, all around. Uh, yeah, I think that they just circling it back around. I don't think they looked okay. Nobody really was terrible. Um, other than I think we should have some concerns. Offensive line and kicking game. Uh, both Elliot Fry and Bill Maher uh, looked uh, terrible. Bill Maher? Um, Bill Maher is the wrong guy. So he's, Bill Maher is terrible. Um, what a horrible show. His time's come and gone. No, uh, Maher, um, his Brett, uh, Maher. Brett. Brett Maher has been. They looked both bad. They both missed kicks. Uh, even the extra points, you know, I'm watching the feed and it's like, oh, that just squeaked in. So I'm just pretty- them. It was on the other side, too. You know, I thought they yeah. missed their two extra points that they kicked. And part of that's field conditions. Yeah. But Nick, you know, I, I talk about kickers a lot. You know, they're, it's, it's all mental, this and that. But you bring in a guy who had a, a pretty public mental breakdown in a game and a career backup not even backup because he's yeah. he you don't carry two kickers but elliot fry has bounced in and out of franchises like a super bowl he's never been a, a full-time kicker for a team ever no there was a comment in here i think it was kevin uh virgil maybe who said i don't think the kicker is still on this team yet that yeah. that could be the case you know you can sign a kicker on friday and have him kick yeah. on sunday yeah, they might need to be aggressive on that, but it looked pretty poor. And for a team that still looks like it's uh, finding its way offensively, you're going to have to rely on that kicking game some. And I thought the special teams overall was not great from the kicking side of things. I will say, though, Montreal Washington had a pretty darn 
good game. I thought maybe one Aaron judgment calling for the fair catch a little bit early on that one that he got lucky and it bounced out of bounds. Uh, and they got on the 20 rather than what was it? The two or three. But other than that, I thought Montreal Washington had a heck of a game. Um, Riley Dixon, you know, there's been a lot of praise for him. I was not super impressed uh, with his kicks in this game and just the, the kickers themselves pretty damn poor and uh, worth monitoring going forward. Not my biggest takeaway though. Uh, biggest takeaway would still be the struggles of the offensive line overall. That's the biggest concern for me. I think that's probably, that's going to be a make or break for this season. That's going to be the difference between this team fighting for nine wins and this team fighting for six, seven wins. Uh, and this, that looked like a six, seven win offensive line in pass protection in this game. And there's, there's too many resources being put into it. You, you've oh, got to yes. have your, you got to have your eight figure lineman play like eight figure lineman. If you do that, you're going to be just fine, but that's a big, if Gary says morning, Nick and Scott, I need to see more from the seconds, but it's still preseason go Broncos and Buckham. Um, let me see here, you know, going through some of those second guys, Marquez Callaway, Kendall Hinton, meh. Cam Fleming, I thought was okay. Um, Luke Wattenberg did a job. I thought Quinn Bailey was okay, honestly. I mean, I know you're going – I thought the second and third offensive lines held up better than the first team offensive line did against, you know, the second and third Cardinals when we're talking about depth. Relativity on relativity, apples and apples. I thought the offensive line play improved as the game went on. It's not exactly what you're looking for. Um and it is preseason. Not only is it preseason, it is game one of preseason. Um, appreciate you coming in, Gary. Uh, Richie, I want to clarify on this just in case I wasn't clear. Uh, Scott is saying those kickers on the team now are going to get kicked out the door. I bet the front office won't miss those kicks. I'm saying the guys they brought in were questionable from the get-go. There were questions about the guys they brought in, period. We're not second-guessing. We were first-guessing. Elliot Fry was a running joke in Atlanta because he was cut and re-signed like nine consecutive weeks for procedural moves. It's like we stopped reporting on it. It's like, oh yeah, the Falcons have waived this guy and then they signed him again on Friday. Um, the Falcons have one of the best kickers in the NFL, so he wasn't ever going to play. But Young Way Koo also missed two extra points. Uh, the, the Falcons kicker changed yeah. his number. We're going to put a seven underneath his jersey. He gave it to, to, to Bijan Robinson. What I'm saying is there were questions about those guys coming in, and I agree that you might – those guys might not be the guy. I'm not predicting that they're going to get cut. Uh, one of them will. I'm not predicting that one of them isn't your starting kicker. And I know it was a joke. I know. Um, I just want to be clear. I'm not predicting they're going to get cut. I'm just saying it was a, a little questionable. Tiffany Silver always coming in with the flattery. She's Scott super handsome as always. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, it's getting harder as I get older. Um, who is running back three? I liked Jaleel McLaughlin. I liked what I saw. We were talking about the physicality in there, Nick. Yeah. He wasn't afraid to go up the middle. No, he, he wasn't. Was slippery. He was slippery, slippery in tight spaces. He was. Yeah, there's been, I almost wonder if it's been like a motivational tactic um, from who we've been talking to, you know, wanting to get back out there about questions about, you know, pass protection and just, physicality out there there's been some scrimmages where he's kind of gone down a little too easily but it, when the lights were on he looked pretty darn well uh number one all-time leading rusher in ncaa football history there at youngstown state uh so uh thought he looked pretty good so he did a good job punching at home had a few good missed tackles too so obviously uh looked pretty good i'm excited to see what he can do more of i thought he took a 
just look like a different running back uh, versus that of Tony Jones and Tyler Beatty. So excited to see what Julian McLaughlin can do. And hopefully they can get his name uh, nameplate right in the next one. They spelled his name wrong uh, for this game. So definitely should get it right on the next one. Hopefully he ca- they allowed him to keep uh, the one of the misspelling, though, just because a little bit funny. Char Baldwin says, good morning, guys. Worried about the offensive line, considering how the Faders defense played yesterday. Yeah, the Fader, uh, the Raiders defensive line looked pretty, pretty good, actually. So uh, we'll see how it plays. But the offensive line looked pretty poor. And uh, something Scott and I have talked about for a bit, you know, you don't have to be offensive tackle no matter what. But when you are a team that hasn't drafted a singular offensive tackle since the 20th, 20th overall pick in 2017, 17. it's not a very good uh usage of resources in terms of premium positions. Uh, so just haven't really developed those guys and bulls look poor. Hopefully McGlinchey can get back. Guys to- you don't have. Yeah. If you don't invest in it, how could you get the tools? I mean, there's not many guys who have that body type and athleticism walking the earth. What do you expect? I mean, yeah. draft one a year. You, you should take one of those guys a year. Yep. And it doesn't have to be in the first round. It doesn't have to be a top guy, but you know, if you if I were to have drafted a, a tackle a year on day three, one of those guys would be my starter. I promise yeah. you. One of those guys would have developed. And yep. again, this isn't even hindsight or second. This isn't hindsight either. We've picked out some guys on day three that have been pretty good starters in the NFL quickly in the three years that you and I have been together. Yeah, you, I think, you uh... gotta you can't ignore the position. And then wonder why you're struggling at it and or having to overpay. Yeah. Yeah, it was not uh, not great by any means um, as far as the offensive line in that one. So hopefully it'll be good. I mean, it looks like it's going to be an okay offensive tackle class coming up here in the NFL draft. Uh, you got Olu Fakashanu uh, coming from Penn State, who's probably going to be a top five, top ten pick. Joe Alt from Notre Dame's somebody who's got a lot of hype. Uh, Latham from Alabama has a lot of uh excitement around him as well. And Georgia has a five-star super recruit who's going to be eligible as well. That is uh, going to be good. And I think Ohio state has a left guard. Who's going to do the Paris Johnson route where he's going from guard to tackle this year. Uh, so there's, there's going to be some tackles out there right now. I think tackle probably shoots to the, uh, the first um, probably need if we're talking long-term draft for the Broncos using a first round pick for the first time since uh, the Patrick Sertan pick. Uh, but we'll see a lot of season to go and we'll see if they even have their first round pick. Uh, when that time comes around because the Broncos have had a propensity to get rid of those value picks. Lawrence comes in. He says, going back to the kicker discussion, why do we even let McManus go? It made no sense. Not even about the contract. I'd say it's a little about the contract because the Broncos were on the hook for twice what he was worth on the open market. That was proven. I won't say it was proven because he may have turned down more money to go to Jacksonville. Um, But he's being paid half at Jacksonville, what the Broncos would have paid him this year. And you could go back to an old like 70s saying about children. Um, kickers are probably supposed to be seen and not heard. Uh, was one of the problems with McManus on this team. This is Sean Payton's team. This isn't Brandon McManus's team. And he is a very vocal person with the Denver Broncos. And, you know, if, if it's, it's my way or the highway and he, he was on the highway. Yep. So no doubt the uh, Broncos have West off and uh, in there and Sean Payton, you know, that doesn't seem like somebody who has a lot of uh, what's the word I'm looking for patience for bad kicking games. So I think we'll see some moves here uh, with the Broncos have right now. I'd, I'd be pretty confident to say that uh, Mar and Fry will not be the kickers uh, going in. And if they struggle like this, then they will be gone and they'll be, it'll be a rotation this season, but McManus was expensive. He's not good last season. And you almost wonder if the, 
maybe a little too comfortable in Denver, um, you know, kind of running the show out there last season coming out in a refs uniform and stuff. I think that Sean Payton, not so okay with how comfortable a lot of people were in that building for how bad they were. You shouldn't be comfortable when you suck that bad. Uh, so I think that's a lot to do with it. We, we had that discussion in the offseason. What were the players saying? I don't care. Yep. You haven't earned that right. You haven't been in the playoffs. I, if the players don't like it, the players, you, you replace them. Yep. This the, the, A winning organization starts from the top down, not bottom up. Yep. Exactly. So um, moving forward here, did want to get a little bit. See, there's conversation now going in here. Somebody who surprised me in this game, and maybe we'll have to have a conversation about uh, the the battle, would be uh, Ben DiNucci. I thought Ben DiNucci looked really good uh, overall. The You watch his arm talent. You know, We talked about it in the show earlier, Scott, where Woodside was fine, but the arm just doesn't have the velocity on it. I think actually DiNucci had velocity on his arm. Like it was watching the ball pop out. I was like, oh, that's that's an NFL arm. Not a great one, but a an NFL arm. And uh, Stidham looked poor. Now, granted, Stidham was under almost as much pressure as Russell Wilson and is a little bit less flexible and slippery. Uh, so that was a struggle for him. But I thought uh, Danucci played well enough that maybe in camp uh, coming up here this week, I know they're going to be practicing again today. Maybe Danucci gets some second team reps now. I mean, he's been f- firmly, squarely, you know, the third team kind of guy out there. But if you can save some money, uh, then maybe we should have a little bit of a discussion about a battle for uh, Danucci versus uh, Stidham. Because I thought Stidham, or excuse me, I thought Danucci looked uh, really good in the limited sample size. Again, third, fourth string, not great. But, I mean, he was out there firing the football, confident, and making good reads. I was I was impressed. Yeah, and he got a – Stidham should be okay, though, just because it doesn't save you any money to cut him. That, again, it comes down to economics would actually cost you a little bit on your cap if you were to cut him because you gave him a two-year deal. Um, going back to surprises, pleasant surprises for me, and it wasn't even, hey, how do you do? I don't I don't really care. Was seeing Christopher Allen back out there was heartwarming. Um, you know, number 45 coming off the edge. I thought he was crashing down a little bit too much, um, and they, they went around him a couple times, but it was great to see him back out there on the field. Yeah. Yeah, overall, a pretty good game. Uh, any final takeaways, Scott, that we're at uh, 7.30 now, Mount uh, Pacific time, 8.30. Um, McLaughlin had a good game. Benito had a good game. Alex Singleton was everywhere. I thought he was awesome out there. Um, fun to see him bringing a lot of energy. And uh, overall, I mean, a lot of positives from this game. Wilson looked better. I thought the designs, getting guys open, was pretty good. But offensive line, that's a, it's a concern um, going forward. It's probably the... The thing that's going to make or break the season because I think they're going to try to training wheels Russell Wilson a little bit. You know, he's not going to be dropping back shotgun, you know, full field reads over and over again. It was a lot of play action, half field reads, kind of, you know, rolling, kind of get out there. But that only works if the offensive line is able to hold up a little bit. And they they struggled. I guess my final takeaway was I expect improvement to be gradual, not just wave a magic wand and all of the wrongs that we've seen for the last several years to just automatically go away no matter how improved your coaching staff is and will the broncos play better than we saw over the weekend yes they will is this team the finished project product no they are not do i still have concerns in some of the areas that we've always had concern that we've been having concerns with in the trenches yes i do those are my takeaways they're still there's good, there's bad, there's concerns, but I'm not chicken little here saying it's not going to get better or it's absolutely fixed. No, there's there's work to be done. Do you have some of the pieces in place? Do I think Ben Powers can play better? Yes, I do. 
Do I think Garrett Bowles can play better? Yes, I do. Will they? We'll see. These guys are getting a lot of money to be to play better, to coach better, to get them better than what we've seen so far. You need those guys to be better than what you saw over the weekend. Yeah, without a doubt. And did want to give a shout out. I thought Matt Henningsen in pass rush situations look pretty darn good. Elijah Garcia with the two sacks out there looking pretty darn good. I thought Delaire and Turner, y'all had some splash plays, needs to work a little bit better on finishing, uh, but out there doing pretty well and late in the game. But I thought Tyler Lancaster was also okay on the defensive line. So some names we didn't talk about. Uh, we'll be back again tomorrow, guys, to talk some more football. Make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is out Scott Kennedy. I am at Nick Kendall MHH. Also follow us at uh, – BFB underscore pod, as well as at mile high huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join us at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. And as the ticker says here underneath, please subscribe to the, to mile high huddle, like this channel, like the show and share it uh, on your social media platforms. We got a last second super chat coming in from Troy Bauer, nine 99 uh, with the beautiful dog and the deer in the background of the picture saying, Hey guys, I'm out this week sailing the inside passage. That sounds amazing why didn't you take me with have a, have a blast uh have a <laughs> great show we'll breakfast listen from the sea yeah that's uh sailing seems like a lot of fun i'd love to rent a sailboat and sail around the uh, san juan islands and a lot of those islands in uh, beautiful uh vancouver island in british columbia but uh, maybe one okay, day as long as i can still see land i don't particularly trust the ocean <laughs> it's because i know that's strange it. i'm a scuba diver and everything but i can always see land I don't yeah. want to, I don't do cruise ships. Maybe it was the five times I watched the black stallion when I was six years old and the opening scene and the boat going down, but I don't want to be on a cruise, but I'd love to go sailing where I could bounce around the islands, uh, yeah. the islands and stuff like that. In fact, I've done a live aboard dive dive ship where on, on islands like that. So that sounds awesome. Troy. Uh, thank you for the support, my friend. I hope you are having a wonderful time and Michael coming in to help close us out too with some finishing stars. This is great show today, Nick and Scott and Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos and Buckham. Thanks, Michael. Appreciate your support as always. Yeah, absolutely. An inside passage out there in Alaska. So hopefully you'll get to see some uh, orcas out there, Troy. I'd love, love to see the orcas. Probably one of the coolest animals out there. So appreciate everybody coming today. Fun, fun show. Appreciate everybody coming in with the super chats. Uh, Troy was big in this one. Tiffany Silver coming in and uh, gassing up Scott. Gary Palmer, appreciate you. Gary Michael Ronquillo, obviously. Miguel Santa Steven. Keith Brugman coming in, of course, as well. Uh, we appreciate you guys. Hopefully I didn't miss anybody. Gary Palmer. Uh, Mile high Jaheim. Yep. Jaheim okay. as well. So you guys kill it today. We appreciate you coming in and supporting the show. Appreciate everybody. Lively comment section. If you're not hitting the, uh, the super chats, make sure you hit the thumbs up on the way out. We'd appreciate you. Everyone have a good rest of your day. Uh, continue to choose kindness and compassion. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country.